recording. All right, we are back. We're going to try this again. Technology is stupid. Don't trust it, okay? Don't let the robots take over. Uh, you would think that in the time when you were gone and this thing the recording went down that I would have put on pants, but I didn't. <laughs> well, thank you for not doing that because I want you to stay in character. Um, so due to time constraints, we're going to go ahead and jump into the content. But before we do that, this is NBA, the podcast where we talk about NBA shit, but mostly we're just going to talk a lot of shit. Um, today, we're going to talk shit in a compact manner. I'm your co-host, Jay Keyless. Um, the rest of my friends here, please introduce yourselves. Hi, everybody. What's up? It's Dad. Excited to be here. Uh, hopefully, it's the last fucking time we have to do this remote. Good Lord. Yay, man. Uh, brother, man, introduce yourself, sir. I'm uh, Nikki Kiles, and my shit talking is all about uh, electronics because it's <laughs> not working. It's going in today. Uh, so, we're going to talk Hall of Fame. It's Hall of Fame week, and I think that's going to be kind of the, the brunt of our conversation today. Ray Allen, Steve Nash, Jason Kidd, Grant Hill all got. Uh, voted into the Hall of Fame. And I think we can all agree that the first three 100% legitimately deserve to be um, Hall of Famers. But I want you guys to convince me why Grant Hill should be a Hall of Famer. I, well, I mean, I love him. Ted, you, go ahead. You're, you're no, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, I think he had a very good career uh, that was played by injuries um, and – Dad, we were talking about this earlier. Dad already brought it up. He was able to fucking, you know, adapt to what happened to be able to be a good player for a very long time. And he started off so fucking hot. Oh, he's incredible with the with the like his early days with the Pistons when he was coming out of Duke was incredible. That's the thing he too. Was like all NBA as a rookie. Oh, he was incredible. But the thing is, like, when, this is the thing that we keep coming back to is like, this is not the NBA Hall of Fame. This is the Basketball Hall of Fame, and That's that Duke right. career of his is fucking legendary. Those are the greatest Duke teams of all time. Yeah. No comparison, not even close. Unlike Hall of Fame classmate Jason Kidd, he also never beat his wife and Come has never gotten on. to be I like, thought we were going to be able to get past that. I can't. I can't. I hate Jason Kidd. He's a scumbag. There, He's a terrible there, are, there are much worse dudes in the Hall of Fame right now. Jason Kidd has multiple DUIs and has had, had multiple domestic violence things. Like, I just I, I can't I can't get beyond it. I hate him. He's a scumbag I, person. I, guarantee i guarantee and this is just based off of like stupid ass statistics that make no fucking sense but i'm just like staking my life on this that there is one dude in the nba hall of fame who was hardcore racist definitely beat his wife and his kids and probably was affiliated with the kkk yeah bro basketball's been around since the 50s and 60s like but i don't know i don't know who that is like bob Cousy may or may not have worn a white robe watch what every, you say about bob watch what you say about bob Cousy. Uh, that's the first white guy that came to my mind all right sorry archibald griffin like may have like i don't know solid uh yeah bob pettit like bob pettit felt to me like a racist but i'm just i'm just putting it out there um i don't know much else about him but uh and definitely george mikan we i mean anybody who grew up in minneapolis in those days hardcore racist no question uh nikki write that down that's the title of the episode uh <laughs> george mikan <laughs> hardcore racist should, should it be racist hall of fame uh no bad job God, no. Anyways, uh, no, so to, to Tad's point, like, Grant Hill was fucking all-NBA five-time, just incredible. Like, during his tenure with the Pistons, averaged nearly 22 points a game, was basically LeBron before LeBron. What hurt him was his injuries. Like, when he went to Orlando, just could not stay healthy, and that team had some real promise. Um, but we talked about this a little bit earlier. One of the things he was able to do was he was able to revitalize his career by just figuring it out and just understanding that my body is not going to be able to do what I once wanted it to do. 
um, but I know what I still can do and how I can add value to my teams. So I'm just going to be a three-point specialist. I'm going to be a lockdown defender, and I'm just going to be a good team player. And he was a really good cog on a lot of those, like, late uh, 2000s Phoenix Suns teams and even on, in the, at the end of his career with the Clippers. I mean, he really was a, a valuable member to the team. Um, and like I said earlier, I, I really had hoped that Derrick Rose would kind of revitalize his career in a similar way just because of his injury history and maybe just kind of figure out how he could still be impactful. And granted, he had a nice little spurt during the playoffs last year, but yeah. um, it remains to be seen whether or not he's going to be able to do that with his I hope, I, hope he, I hope he does. I make the same point again. Dude, Derrick Rose relies way too much on athleticism. Grant Hill is a smart player, one of the smartest players I think to ever play the game. And like, so Grant Hill, no, like Grant Hill, like if there's one thing that he was like really good at, like I talked about this earlier, like set good screens. He's a good passer, but he also really knew how to pick his spots on offense. And like, yeah. yo, like this is where I can score from, and this is where like I can contribute. And yeah, I mean, it was like 14, 15 points a game. It's not like he was like setting the world on fire, but like knew how to pick his spots, knew how to get his baskets, and just knew how to. Yeah, like, I mean, be a good teammate. Like, do do the right little things. A lot of things maybe that don't show up on the stat sheet every night either. But he's a great player. I always like Grant Hill. Um, I really wish his career would have panned out differently. One thing that I love about Grant Hill is Grant Hill seems like one of the most genuinely nice people on planet yeah, Earth. Like, he really yeah. does. Like, he's, done, he's done really well for himself post-career too. Like, that guy, right. he's taking care of himself. He's got, a, like, a lot of good media gigs. Uh, but, yeah, I completely agree with you. Yeah, like like Tad said, he's a smart fucking dude. He knows yeah. what he's doing. Well educated, comes from a good family. Um, Jalen Rhodes did not like that in the nineties, but they're all no. <laughs> neither, did, neither did Chris Weber. No, no, he did not. Which is a great segue. Thank you for that, Tad. Um, yeah, I so had you right there. I, I have a I... list. <laughs> I have a list of people, um, both former and current NBA players, that I wanted to talk a little bit about each of them as to why or why not they should be a Hall of Famer. And I'm going to pull up numbers on each of these guys. But Chris Webber being the first one, he's been on the ballot now for two years um, and has still yet to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. So I guess from your guys' perspectives, is he a Hall of Famer? And if so, why is he a Hall of Famer? He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I oh, think, go ahead. for sure. All I was going to say is, like, he it, – if he was playing right now, nobody would ever doubt that he was a Hall of Famer. He was like, he would be, he's the perfect four for today's game. And he yeah. did such a good job back then as well. Like he, he was an amazing player and he was just, he was, he, he was ahead of his time, which is something that people over, like overuse all the time. Right. But Chris Weber is the perfect example of an ahead of their time player. Right. No, I completely agree. LaMarcus Aldridge is a poor man's Chris Webber. I've, I've said that for years. Except that Chris Webber was far more athletic. Like, just That's what I said he's a poor man's Chris Webber. They play a very similar style of game. But, yeah, athleticism isn't there, and um, the physicality is not there as much with LaMarcus Aldridge. But a very similar – like, can play back to the basket, can step out and shoot. Uh, pretty good passer. Like, there's a lot of similarities in the game, but there's obviously – there's a large gap. I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge is not anywhere near the level of Chris Webber. But, um, like, I always think they've, they've like, always had – you know, I just think they have pretty comparable games. He's one of the most frustrating players in NBA history, in my opinion. Like, the talent – the talent that he had, it it just, like – it was never fully – it was just never fully uh, – he just was never able to really fully get the most out of the talent that he had. Like, everybody – when he got drafted, and originally he got drafted by Orlando and then got traded to Golden State, 
everybody was just like, holy shit, this is the next great NBA player. And yes, he comes in, lights the world on fire in Golden State, but he just had like, he had a lot of problems early in his career where like he didn't get along with Don Nelson. So he got traded to the Bullets and he was there for a couple of years and he was angry. So he got traded to Sacramento. But it's just like, he easily could have been one of the top 10 players of all time and probably could have been with his skill set alone, the greatest power forward of all time. But he just, he just had a problem. Like he just didn't have the head on his shoulders that he needed to really be that type of player. However, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, so however, that trade to Sacramento changed his entire life and really changed the narrative of his, of his career moving forward. Because before then he was kind of, you know, a troubled number one overall pick who put up, you know, good stats on a bad team and just was not a, a team player was, it was a, a pain in the ass. And then he goes to Sacramento and he plays with Lottie and he plays with Jason Williams and he plays with Peja and Mike Bibby and Doug Christie and Rick Adelman is their coach. And like that, though, that Sacramento team for me, like, really defined the decade um, of, of now. And we talked about this a little yeah. bit earlier, but like the early 2000s were so trash in terms of what the bas- what, what basketball was in comparison to now. But those Sacramento teams and the way that they were able to push those Laker teams, which depending on who you ask, well, while they didn't necessarily come out with the results that they probably should have come out with, those are some of the most talented teams in NBA history. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, couldn't agree more. I used to tape the games. I used to, I was in like fifth grade and I used like, cause they played on the West Coast and like, I obviously couldn't, like, I, my parents wouldn't let me stay up to watch them because I was, like, 10, right? Sure. And so, like, I would legitimately tape the games, and I would watch them the next day. Like, I would pop in v- fucking VHS tapes on the fucking VH- oh, v- yeah. uh, on the VHS or, uh, or the VCR, sorry, and uh, watch them on our fucking 100-pound tube TV. Oh, um, sure. I remember watching, like, Mavs and Mavs. Um, what the Mavs were really good at that time, too, actually. Yeah, that was, like, right in the early days. They had, like, they had, like Michael Finley. Nash, Mike Finley, yeah, Rayful yeah. Friends. Rayful Friends, yeah, dude. Uh, who first dunked a basketball when he was in fifth grade. Fun fact. Um, but it's neither here nor there. Um, That's a fun. He, or sorry, he dunked, dunked a golf ball when he was in fifth grade. Excuse um, me. Less fun. Uh, um, Way but, less fun. <laughs> That's pretty fucking incredible. When I was, still amazing. When I was in fifth grade, I wore Hawaiian shirts and was a little fat boy. But like, <laughs> what's changed? I don't wear Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> yeah, I think I took all of your Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> That's actually not true. I have like I have like three of them in my closet. To tell you the truth, like I roll, I love breaking those things out in the summer. Uh, but anyway, uh, I used to take the games. Like there would be Mavs. Kings games, and this is why, like, I think those early two thousands like basketball was like kind of trash. Like, there were games that were legitimately like one hundred and thirty six to one hundred and forty, like oh, on yeah. a regular basis. Like, uh, like there was no de- defensive schemes were like unheard of at the time. Like, you now look at things as like look at like the defense. Like, the Pistons won the finals that year against the Lakers because like literally like they just out schemed. Like, they had defensive schemes and nobody else did. People <laughs> right. were like, "What the yeah. fuck is this?" But <laughs> the Lakers are like, "Whoa, hold on." They're trying to stop us. What do we do now? Yeah. Right. No, that's 100% true. But back to the Chris Weber thing, uh, a couple things I think hurt him. Yes, I think the like narrative that he was like a little bit of a wasted talent sometimes, I think that's something that follows him. My dad yeah. doesn't like him for that reason. My dad always yeah. hated him. I love Chris Weber. Love yeah. him. Right. Chris Weber has had the exact same sort of you know narrative that Boogie Cousins has now. Do you think Boogie going from Sacramento to Golden State will turn him into a great player? No. No, <laughs> he's just not gonna. He's not gonna play much this year. And yeah, I mean, granted, at this rate, like his production value is like honestly kind of shack level, just in terms of the production value. He's just a, he's just another guy who just 
you know, good stats, bad team. Um, but moving on to the next guy that I have. Wait, on wait, my- wait. Oh, God damn it. Hold on. I wasn't done. The other <laughs> thing that hurts him, the other <laughs> thing that hurts Chris Weber is uh, he injury plagued. He never oh, played yeah. a full season. He That's never true. played 82 games. The most games he ever played was 75. And so, yeah. uh, like, he has all these big numbers, but it's like, well, you didn't do it over, like, a full season. That said, his body of work at Michigan, what he did in the NBA, he was a transcendent player at the time. Like, he's for sure a fucking Hall of Famer in my book. The biggest problem is the last two years he's run into classes that were loaded with people who are definitely going to get in ahead of him. Right, like first year, ballot guys. Exactly. Like, yeah. you're not getting in over Steve Nash. You're not no. getting in over Ray Allen. You're not no. getting over Jason Kidd. No. Um, you know, maybe getting in over Mo Cheeked Up, but, like, you know. Right. Like, yeah, sorry. It's like he got fucked because Allen Iverson and Yao Ming and fucking – uh Shaq were on the same ballot and like yeah he's there's this is a, there's a period here of guys that he's just not gonna be able to get in before no but he will eventually he'll definitely I, get I in. think he'll get, get in um next guy on my list who is very similar in the sense that he is incredibly frustrating and, and close to uh close to young Taddeus's heart and also was no. a, a number no. one overall pick of the Orlando Magic at one point or another um has one of the most and we haven't really talked about him even though he got traded this offseason has one of the most confusing and like just I just can't wrap my head around the polar opposites that his career has taken um, Dwight Howard guys. So let me just, I'm just going to read you off a couple things here about Dwight Howard, because it's easy to forget how amazing Dwight Howard was while ha- Dwight Howard was in Orlando. And this happened like, I think once in LA and Houston, but while he was in Orlando specifically, he was the five time rebound champion. He was a six time all-star two time block champion, five time all NBA five-time all-defense, he was on the all-rookie team, and he won Defensive Player of the Year not one, not two, but three times. Three times, my man completely, completely just destroyed the league, and he was easily, easily just the most amazing, amazing center, not only in the league, but one of the most amazing centers we ever had seen. And he averaged like 19 and but fucking 14 basically like 19 and 19 and 13 during his career was incredibly efficient and then had some some turmoil in Orlando now since then he's basically kind of hovered around like 14 points a game has been on seven teams in five or pardon me five teams in seven seasons um so guys Dwight Howard is he a hall of famer he'll probably get in at I some think point so. I think so. I think he'll it'll take pro- a few years for him. I, but yeah, I think I think he makes it. He's just so fucking good. He, that that like his high period is is one of the the highest of high periods in all of NBA history. Not just like, not just. Not just here's a question though. Let me pose this to you. If Dwight Howard, if Dwight Howard is a Hall of Famer based around that, and I, I'm going to go ahead and I'll digress that yes, this other guy that I'm going to bring up here doesn't necessarily have the accolades like the All Defensive, you know, or, uh, Defensive Player of the Year three times in a row, that kind of thing. But like, what is really, in all honesty, what is the major difference between, like, from a stats perspective, between Amari Steyer and Dwight Howard? Like I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up because he's a little bit further down my list. But let's look at the two of them because I was going to also ask: Is Amari Stoudemire a Hall of Famer? I don't uh, think either of them should I, be. I think both of them will get in. I think that 100% Dwight Howard is a Hall of Famer. Like I said, like I I totally get that. The, the I way hate they, Dwight Howard. Let's keep that in mind. I'm right. Biased. So so there's a, there's a bias here on the negative end. But like you can't deny how incredible he was during that like eight year run. Like that eight year run is one of the greatest eight year runs in NBA history in terms of a production value, in terms of a dominance level. And just like 
he he was one of the top five best players in the league, and he carried that Orlando team to the finals against the Lakers, and they almost won that finals. They yeah. almost won that finals. I also would he like should to, have, he should have won it. He should have won MVP. Should've. They absolutely yeah. should have. He should have um, won MVP one season. Really like, so based on uh, Dwight, Chris, and now you already said you're eventually going to bring up Amari. I feel like can they just create like a hall of frustrators or something <laughs> there's gonna have like, to be a separate wing for that yeah just a separate wing like uh, i don't know zach lowe had his like hall of fame like crazy moments wing that espn had asked him mm-hmm. to create let's just create a hall of furiators or whatever like frustrators i mean so let's talk like, about amari stoudemire for a second um and we can kind of compare the two side by side um but amari stoudemire was a five-time all-star Six-time All-Star, pardon me. Five-time All-NBA. Never made a first-team All-NBA, by the way. Um, he was All-Rookie and Rookie of the Year. Um, his peak numbers, so here's the thing. Amari Stoudemire, it's hard to compare the two of them because Amari Stoudemire was a scorer and was not a good defender. Just not a good defender at all. And honestly, was a subpar rebounder. D- Dwight Howard was a not a high, high number scorer. Like, his average basically peaked at like 19 points a game, but he was dominant on the offensive end and on the defensive end. Like Amari Stoudemire was very one-sided in his game. Like his top seasons in Phoenix were like 25 and eight. Like he, he was like 25 and nine, 25 and eight. But a lot of times, like, especially like when he went to the Knicks, it was like 25 and six, 25 and eight, like 18 and eight, 14 and five. So my thing with Amari Stoudemire is, is Amari Stoudemire Stoudemire if Steve Nash does not play with him? Oh, I think so. I think, yeah, I think because he, like you already said, he was all about getting buckets, and I think he could do it even without Steve Nash. He could. He did Steve it in New York. Yeah. Uh, he did yeah. it in New York for one season, buddy. Yeah, but that's because they fucked him when they brought in Carmelo. That, and also he couldn't and stay healthy. injuries. Yeah, that, I mean, that's totally valid. Like, I'll give you the injury. Also, Dwight like, Howard, we, we didn't even talk about it. Dwight Howard had that terrible back injury. Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, also, because, gotta, all right, hold on. I'm going to fucking go way off the rails here. Because <laughs> I have a fucking thing that I want to bring up that pissed me off as an Orlando Magic fan, and it blows my fucking mind that this was allowed to happen. Dwight Howard catches the ball under the basket. The defender, who can't guard him because he's physically not strong enough, Tyson Chandler, uh, <laughs> like, is off of him. He catches the ball. He's going to go up and dunk it. And instead of doing anything, they wrap their arms around him and hold him down from jumping, which obviously puts strain on your back because you're about to jump and then somebody grabs you and holds you to the ground. Sure. How the fuck is that not an intentional foul? Somebody tell me because you're clear as fuck not going for the ball. You are holding the player to the – you're hugging him. That's not a fucking basketball play. It's an intentional foul. And I get it if you want to look. If you want to, yeah, thank you. And I watched Creed last night. That movie's fucking dope. But anyway. Very good. um, (laughs) I'm looking forward to Creed too. If you, if you, oh my God. It just makes me so mad. I just want to. What did did you want out of that? You You want a flagrant? I want an intentional foul. Yeah. You're fucking ruining the game. Play defense. Guard the guy. Like yeah, but it's, it's still not a it's still not it's still not a fragrant. A flagrant. It's an intentional like, foul. It's yeah, an intentional it's an, foul. Intentional foul, totally fine, but it's not a flagrant. Like you're not gonna give somebody a flagrant one for that shit. But then like then it, it should it should be something beyond just a rate because you are you are not making in 
in high school basketball, an intentional foul, if you foul somebody intentionally, the team that gets fouled gets two shots in the ball. And that's what it should be. That's what it should be in the NBA because you're not attempting to play the game. You're ruining the game. You're not attempting to play. You're just literally being like, ah, oh, fuck, he beat me. I'm just going to foul him and send this guy to the free throw line. It's fucking horseshit. In all mm-hmm. honesty, it's fucking horseshit. That's cool. Anyway, sorry, Mari Stoudemire. <laughs> really like him. Great player. Amari Stoudemire, I, I'm actually a little on the fence for him. I don't know if he makes it. He is definitely so, not a Hall of Famer. Pro. Me, I mean, just, I, said, I said yes earlier, and then I'm like, no, hell no, he's not a Hall of so, Famer. I'm going to read off some of the similarity scores in comparison to uh, Amari Stoudemire just from like a win shares perspective and like his impact on the game. Um, Grant Hill, Hall of Famer. Trace McGrady, Hall of Famer. Elgin Baylor, Hall of Famer. Now, this is where the list gets, list gets interesting. Elton Brand, Chris Mullen, Hall of Famer. Paige Estoyakovich, Ben Wallace, who we'll talk about a little bit in a second here. Sean Kemp. These are all guys that are kind of like obvious Hall of Famers and fringe guys. Um, so he just kind of, that's where he sits. Like in my mind, he is a fringe guy and take it or leave it. Like, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but if he got in, I'm not mad. He was one of the most dominant big men in the league for like a five-year stretch. Uh, I, look, I'm not, I, I, I can't hate on it if he gets in. I just, in my opinion, I don't. Yeah. I also would have a problem. Right. But no, I, I agree. don't know if he, if he was good enough. So since we're on the topic, since he came up already, let's just in talk about... In my mind, Tracy McGrady was a fringe Hall of Famer, and I love Tracy oh, McGrady. stop. No way. Nah, I, he was for sure for us. I, was... I remember Jay and I had a conversation with our buddy Abel, and we were like, we literally said on the count of three, is Tracy going to make it? And it was before they had, uh, he was even nominated. And literally all three of us at the exact same time. And our buddy Abel the whole time was saying, he doesn't deserve it, he doesn't deserve it, he doesn't deserve it. We were like, one, two, three... Yes, he's getting in all three of them. I think he should have gotten in. I'm just saying, like, I, I, in my opinion, his, like, the difference between him getting in and, like, ending up not making, there was a thin, very thin margin of error there. Uh, I think he should have been a Hall of Famer, but I don't know that he was, like, a guy who I would have been like, hell yeah, this guy is definitely a Hall of Famer. It's, uh, it's, it's hard. It, it, like, because he was top three players in the NBA during that period, like, at his heyday. Like, he's, he was the best player in the NBA one season for sure. Sure, sure. But you still had Kobe. You had Tim Duncan. You had AI. Like, there was other guys in the league that yeah. were arguing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Just at different facets of the game. Um, but I did want to talk about Ben Wallace. Ben Wallace is a very, very interesting case because he basically went from being an unsigned free agent and just, like, not playing anywhere to having a, an interesting season in Orlando and then going to Detroit and two years into his career in Detroit just took off. So let me read some of these numbers here because he's an interesting character and, and I'll talk about somebody else who he's kind of comparable to, which I'm sure we can all imagine who that is. But Ben Wallace, four-time All-Star, two-time rebounding champ, two-time block champ, uh, NBA champion in 2003-2004, six-time All-Defense, five-time All-NBA, four-times Defensive Player of the Year. One of the most defensive player wins of all time. Um, has it had a had a very unique career in that he was incredibly one sided, um, yeah. and like people forget that motherfucker was like six eight playing. Yeah, he was tiny. He was not a big guy. I mean, no. tiny by NBA standard, like by, sure. by NBA center standards. Sure, but like on Area Twenty One, he was standing next to KG and Rashid, and I was like, who the fuck is that man? <laughs> they were towering over him. It was crazy, and like I can't believe that guy was four-time defense player of the year and led the league in blocks twice. Like, that's crazy to me. It was the same shit for, like, Dennis Rodman. 
Right, Dennis which Rodman is giant, was listed at like six nine, but people were like, he's like six six. Which is who I'm going to compare him to because Dennis Rodman's career averages were seven point three, thirteen point one, um, field goal percentage was fifty two. He won uh, Defensive Player of the Year twice, was All Defense eight times. Um, he is a Hall of Famer and has and led the league in rebounds so many more times. And and because of him is why I think uh, Ben Wallace would make it. Ben Wallace, what I felt was the early two thousands. He's um, an, he's an interesting one though, right? Because like five point seven points, like his rebounds weren't nearly as high as Rodman's. Like his his career high was fifteen point four in a season. You know, yeah. but like during his period in Detroit, he averaged like seven points a game. And he just like was not really a a facet on the offensive end. Like the dude shot below fifty percent on offense, but his defensive impact was, I mean, you can't argue against it. It was he just incredible. changed. He changed the game. Yeah, like yeah. he, like think about now. Like okay, number one, he should be a Hall of Famer in my mind, and like unquestionably. I guess if he's unquestionably a Hall of Famer, then Tracy McGrady probably should be too. But I'm Thank gonna you. move on past that. But uh, sometimes, like, see, sometimes, like, I have to think about my thoughts on other players to like remind myself that ah, oh, fuck, that other guy is actually like really good. I just like <laughs> get dismissive. Um, but uh, look, Ben, ben Wallace should well, that resume 100% qualifies him for the Hall of Fame. Like, he should get in on accolades alone. But he also completely changed the game because think about how much now like people talk about like oh, like we need a rim protecting center. Right. Like he was yeah. the guy where it was like fuck. Like you can let this guy like if this guy beats you to the basket, who gives a shit? Because it's going into the tenth row. Like right. he he was just a phenomenal defensive player, like the unquestionably best defensive player at his position for a long time. I mean, like he, it'll probably be a little while before he gets in, but he's, he's getting in. He also like, I don't know how many NBA players fucking go to community college and then end up in the NBA. Like he played at Cuyahoga community college and then played at fucking Virginia union, which I honestly don't even know if they have a basketball program there anymore. (laughs) Both both of those, both of those schools sound made up. Right. 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 And I feel like he's, he's kind of like, he's kind of like the early 2000s Draymond. Like, uh, except that Draymond went to fucking Michigan State. No, no, I, I just meant like play style. I'm not talking about yeah, like, to, to some extent. Yeah. Um, here's the thing though, like, so when you look at the the Detroit team, let's just say that the championship team, team only, just the championship team, on that team. So if we're all in agreement that Ben Wallace is a Hall of Famer, are there any other Hall of Famers on that team? Rip Hamilton's a Hall of Famer because of his college body of work. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. He was a great player. He was a great player in college, and he was a great player in the NBA. He averaged like 18 points over the course of his career. I don't think – He I played great defense, dude. Rip, Rip Hamilton's a Hall of Famer because it's a basketball Hall of Fame. If it was the I, NBA, probably not. But he was I don't, a good player I, you got. I don't think that Rip Hamilton had an all-time great college career. He had a good college career, but he wasn't an all-time great college player. Like you wouldn't rank him in the top 10 college players of all time. I don't. I also don't know if this next person I'm about to say would be a Hall of Famer, but I'm just, I just would like to point out I would love to hang out with Rasheed Wallace. Rasheed Wallace, I think, is Rasheed not Wallace is a Hall of Famer. Famer. No Ooh. way. No way. I don't know if he oh, is. I, no dude, Rasheed Wallace. If Rasheed Wallace doesn't get in, ah, uh, I, I will be. Uh... The only one from my perspective, from my perspective, the only one, and I'm just gonna say of the four because, like, sorry, Tayshawn Prince, you have no fucking chance. But like, <laughs> <laughs> the only one of the four who has a chance, in my opinion. Outside of Ben Wallace, because I think he is a Hall of Famer, is Chauncey Billups. I don't think that Rasheed Wallace is a Hall of Famer. He averaged about 15 points a game in his career. He's only a four-time All-Star. Like single season technical foul record, bro. 44 and yeah, a which is great. Which is great. But like, he's another one of those like all knucklehead teams. Like his career in Portland was really <laughs> weird. You know, it was just like 
up and down. He had two all-star seasons there, but like just never really did anything with them with those jailblazers. And then like goes to Detroit, does really well for them. But like, it's not like he was their best player. He just like, I mean, depends on who you ask, right? So like best in terms of like production, eh, maybe like third best, but like he had a huge impact on that team. And honestly, when he went to Boston and played with them for that one season, he was a huge asset for them. But I, I genuinely don't think that he was ever, I don't think he's Hall of Fame caliber. He was great. He was great. But, like, my thing is, if you're not top five of your position during your peak, you're not a Hall of Famer. I will fight people. I will I will fight the Hall of Fame committee, the Naismith <laughs> Hall of Fame committee to get Rasheed Wallace and all of I don't know if you'll have to. Rasheed might just do it. That's true. I'll <laughs> join. We'll join forces. <laughs> yeah. That's a solid, like, buddy cop movie. You know, I was about – I was literally just about to say I'd watch the Rasheed Wallace Ted Hall buddy cop movie. Um, that, so. <laughs> all right, guys. I got a, I got a couple more because I know Nikki's got to get going pretty soon. Um, so Chauncey Billups, we talked about him a little bit. Five-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA, uh, two-time All-Defensive, Finals MVP. If he didn't make it in the Hall of Fame, he would be one of two Finals MVPs who did not make it into the Hall of Fame. I don't think he'll make it. The other one. Uh, currently, Andre Iguodala. Oh, I don't think I, Andre. Andre no, no, not making the Hall of Fame. Neither, neither of them are making it. I just I don't think. think so. I think Chauncey has a chance. I think Chauncey. I think he's got a chance, but I just. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of things have to go. A lot of things have to go right for him, and he has to like. There has to be a year where he can sneak in, like because there aren't any other good, like strong candidates. It's uh, it's it's a long shot. I mean, it's a long shot for Rip Hamilton. Like, I'm not saying Rip Hamilton's a for sure Hall of Famer, but like, I think like Rip Hamilton could get in based on college career. And so his, let me just his mask might make it. Let me just let me just. I just want to hit on something really quick here <laughs> because his mask. I just want to hit on something here really quick here because like again, similarity scores can tell a lot of different stories, but in terms of win shares in comparison, like his player comparisons are to Dwayne Wade, obvious hall of famer, George Gervin, hall of famer, Steve Nash, just recently hall of fame, Gary Payton, hall of famer, Clyde Drexler, hall of famer, Walt Frazier. Guess what? Hall of famer, Ray Allen, recently inducted hall of famer, Allen Iverson, hall of famer, Russell Westbrook at this rate, hall of famer and Kevin Johnson hall of famer. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Win share is a great stat. I love that. I'm, I'm, I'm into that. I dig it. Let me tell you something. There is a huge difference between – there's one glaring difference between Chauncey Billups and every player that you just mentioned on that list, and that's the fact that every single one of those guys carried a team, could carry a team. Chauncey, Chauncey Billups did carry that team. He did not carry that fucking team. Dude. Dude. Rip Hamilton averaged 18 a game. Tayshaun Prince averaged 15 a game. Ben Wallace averaged – or not Ben Wallace. Rasheed Wallace averaged like 15, 16 a game. Chauncey Billups averaged like 17, 18 a game. Like that was a team that did not have like an alpha number one go-to player. That's fair. That's he, fair. He is not – he's not – do you Go think ahead. they might just have the team make the the Hall of Fame? Because sometimes no, they do that. Like a that, that won't happen. Here's what I'm saying, though. Like, I, I agree with you, Ted, that that was a very evenly distributed team in terms of, like, spreading the spreading the wealth. Everybody got their shots, and, like, everybody was sitting right around, like, 16 to 18 points at best. Like, Rip Hamilton was definitely the, the highest score on that team, but de- definitely was not the leader of that team. Anytime that they had a go-to, or to Nikki's point earlier, like, Mr. Big Shot was Chauncey Billups. Like, he was the best player that they had on that final team, he led them in the finals against the Lakers team that they absolutely should have lost to and was the MVP of that final team. He was the best player on that team all around. Was he the best player in terms of scoring? No, but he was the best all-around player they had both on the defensive end and on the offensive end. He did everything for them. I don't know if he, he deserves to make it, but I do for sure know that at this, like I've already said, like NBA's Hall of Fame is a little lenient usually. So of course, yeah. And again, not not the NBA Hall of Fame, basketball Hall of Fame. Which is basketball the caveat. Hall of Fame. All right, I've got a couple other ones here that I want to run through pretty quickly. Real quick, just Chauncey Billups. He averaged under five and a half assists for his career. 
Um, granted, like he's got some, he's got some statistics. His last three years are kind of, well, last two years are really kind of outliers where he averaged 2.2 assists per game. But like his numbers, his scoring numbers, his assists, they're just not that great. I just, I, for me, he doesn't pass the eye test. He shot under 45% for his entire career. Like there's just a lot of things like he played on a good, he was a good player. Like he was a hall, he's a hall oh, yeah. very good guy. Like I just can't put him in the hall of fame. And I want to be clear. I don't think he's a hall of famer either. I just think that the teams and he's, he's another weird one. Like, like Steve Nash, who like didn't become who he was until way late in his career. Like Steve Nash was kind of a journeyman until like his last years in Dallas and then became Steve Nash. And like Chauncey Bills is the same shit. Like he was in Boston. It was just like, we don't really know what's up with him. And then I think he was in like, Oh, uh, I forgot he was in Boston. Yeah. He got drafted by Boston. Like, I, he know, really, I completely forgot about that. He had a really weird career. Cause he's like in Boston. Then he goes to Denver. Like he's in Toronto for a little bit. Then he goes to Minnesota for a little bit. And then he ends up in Detroit and you're like, all right. Yeah. I guess he's our new point guard. And then he just fucking takes off, becomes a fucking, five-time all-star while he's in Detroit and then goes to Denver and takes that team that Mello was basically trying to build up by himself who had Allen Iverson. They swapped those two guys, completely changed that team. That team now goes to the conference finals. Couldn't like, agree with you more. He's a, he's a great leader, right? A great player, just not a Hall of Famer. So, okay, couple couple quick ones here. We're just going to kind of run through. Luol Deng is on this list, and the answer is fucking no, and I don't even want to debate Luol Deng. <laughs> uh, you, misread, you misread the show notes, dum-dum. Oh. I, would, I would never advocate for Lou. As much as I love him, I would never advocate for him as a Hall of Famer. Um, uh, oh, you're talking – you put Luol Deng on the show notes because uh, in 2012 – LeBron James broke Tom Thibodeau's mind and he's been obsessed with putting that team back together again in Minnesota because he forgets that those guys are all six years fucking older and a bunch of them were bums. I can't get over that. And they're saying they're trying to, sorry, but they're saying that they're still trying to get Joe Noah. It's not happening. Joe Noah's people are like, it's not happening, guys. I don't like Jimmy Butler. I don't want to play with him. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, All right. I'm going to go fast with these. Paul Pierce, yes or no? Yes. 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 Unquestionably, yes. That's unanimous. Uh, Vince Carter. Yes. Yes. I agree. Man, Vince Carter. Four years old, still playing a playing a. Ch- he oh, also had kind of like a Grant Hill style career where he was like, "Hey, I can't do fucking windmill dunks anymore. I should start shooting threes, setting good screens." Yes. And uh, he's done a very good job for himself. All right, now this under is- cutting rookies when they're going to the yeah. basket, being <laughs> overweight. I mean, there's a lot of stuff to unpack here. <laughs> All right, these are two people now that I want to have a conversation about. Three people, three people that I want to have a little bit more of a conversation about. Number one is Joe Johnson, a Hall of Famer. Now, before anybody answers, I'm just gonna say a couple things here. Joe Johnson, seven-time All Star, All NBA, one year, All Rookie, one year. During his heyday periods in Atlanta, he averaged. 20 points per game, shot 80% from the line, 50% from the field, 48% from, or I'm sorry, 50% from, no, no, 48% from the field, 37% from three, um, led that Atlanta team to the playoffs on multiple occasions, arguably was a top three player in his position. And even when he was in Brooklyn, he was still ISO Joe. Um, He's great with the Suns, too. People forget that. He yeah. was. He really was. And, like, they could that have kept Suns him. That Suns team should have gone to the finals. Fuck yeah. yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. So, Joe Johnson. Is Joe Johnson, with those numbers, a Hall of Famer? I think he's a Hall of very good. Agreed with that. He also never, like, he... I know. It sucks. I, but I think Chauncey has a better chance than he does. Yeah, I agree with that, actually. I was just about to make that point. I think I that Chauncey Billups... Dude, Chauncey Billups at least won a fucking NBA championship. Of like, course. Joe okay. Johnson, like, those che- those Hawks teams underachieved so frequently. Like, Did they, they would, 
like yes. dude i mean it was like they yeah, had, they had, Horford, you had a you had an unknowable like you, an unknown commodity in paul Millsap, and you had fucking josh, you had josh smith and you had mike oh, bibby like stop. dude like josh those teams smith. but the thing is like if you're a, if you're a great player if you're like if you're a hall of fame level player sure. like joe johnson should be you should be able to take that team and carry it a lot farther my, than you did and he just didn't my thing is if Mitch Richmond can be a Hall of Famer, then Joe Johnson's a Hall of Famer. Dude, run TMC. Hey, you put Stop. some respect on his name. Nah. Mitch Richmond, look, I love Mitch Richmond, man. But Mitch Richmond played during a time where, like, there was, there was like, no sports center. <laughs> like, not really. And, like, he just was. He I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know the first thing about Mitch Richmond other than the fact that he played on the Warriors and he played with Tim Hardaway and Chris Paul. The guy That's averaged, the extent of my knowledge. The guy averaged above 20 points for 10 seasons in a row. Like, since his rookie season, he was 22, 22, 23, 22, 21, 23, 22, 23, 25, 23, 19.7. Like, that's when it stopped when he went to Washington. He had a shorter career, put up a lot of numbers on some bad teams, um, but just was known as a guy who could just light it up. I think yeah, that Joe Johnson had a better career than Mitch Richmond. Mitch Richmond's a Hall of Famer. Mm. That's just my thing. So yeah, a different time though. Like different time. Like sure. there's just no way Joe Johnson's sure. not making the Hall of Fame. I mean, I'm, right. I'm I'm confident in saying that. Next on my list, Chris Bosh is Chris Bosh a Hall of Famer? I'm Chris Bosh is should be a, should be a Hall of Famer, but I, unfortunately, I, go ahead. Eleven time All Star, two time NBA I champ. I think he might. I think he's a maybe. I think I'll Chris Bosh is. I, I think Chris Bosch is 100% a Hall of Famer. He, yeah. It's unfortunate what happened to him at the end of his career with his heart condition, but he was an 11-time All-Star, 11 straight times, completely readjusted his playing style when he went to Miami, sacrificed yeah. his numbers to win. Now, say what you will about the fucking, you know, the three doles and all that shit, but was had he stayed in Toronto, a top five player in the NBA, was arguably number one in his position at certain points in his career. And yeah. Um, yeah, just like did it on both ends. I think Chris Bosh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent Hall of Famer. People think, forget that people forget he was a twenty-four and like twelve guy. He was so good so before good. he left Toronto. Like he, people like always make fun of him. They're like, uh, like there was like a lot of the like, oh, he's like feminine and like you know just like stupid bullshit that people do. And he looks like, like, a, like, and he looks like a raptor, more like a yeah dinosaur. But <laughs> like, uh, and he also like didn't do himself any favors. You guys ever seen that video where like he pours a champagne on his face like after the finals? Oh yeah, victory and so, literally yeah. looks like yeah, well, not well, a great. Well, I've, well, I've well, seen I've seen that from the bottom of the frame. I've seen that. I've seen that. Uh, I've seen something similar to that before, but you know, I have to clear my browser history after watching it. <laughs> but but like people forget that like he was legitimately like a really talented, good big man. Like played back to the basket, banged down low, grabbed rebounds, like fought people underneath. Like dude, Chris Bosh was really fucking good. And then people were just like, oh, he's soft, and he's like the third option in Miami. And it's like, dude, those teams don't win without him. Like, he was such a key fucking piece to those teams. He averaged, like, nine rebounds and, like, 18 points. And, like, he completely redefined his game. Like, became more of an outside shooter. Set good screens. Like, just became – like, did everything that they needed him to do. Like, to play that that third option on those teams. And, like, yeah. Like, I, I think he should be a Hall of Famer. I'll be interested to see if he gets in. Just because his career was, unfortunately, cut short by injury, injuries. Or, like, not injuries, but, like, medical condition. But, like, mm-hmm. um, I mean, by, in my opinion, I think he, he probably should be. But you know, Also, he has probably one of the greatest highlights ever. Rebound Bosch kicks it out to Allen. Three, bang! We're going into overtime. 
Boo. Um, all right, last one on the list. Another banana. I said Luol Deng. No, not Luol Deng. <laughs> I said banana boat. Banana boat. And this one, there's some contention here. A lot of people have opinions about this guy. Is Carmelo Anthony? Yes. No. Now, before we hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Ten-time All Star, six-time All NBA, 2012-2013 scoring champ, All Rookie. He averaged for his career. His average has gone down substantially since he. Uh, since he left, his average. Oh no, his average is. Oh man, I've been reading last season's averages and not careers. Uh, whoops. Anywho, his average for his career is twenty four point one, six point five rebounds, three assists, shot forty five percent. Has been shooting forty five percent for this career. Um, thirty five percent from three. His win shares are above one hundred, and his per is about twenty point three. Um, his highest scoring seasons were. I mean, from when he became a rookie. In Denver, he was a three-time All-Star. While he was in Denver, he averaged 24.8 points per game. Uh, when he was in New York, he averaged about 24.7. And only last year was his real, real down season. But this was like, he is, depending on who you ask, top three scores in the NBA during his, like, heyday. Um, and his, it just, I mean, he's been one of the top ten players in the NBA for his entire career up until, like, the latter portion of his next career. Yeah, I, I think he's very good. He has he has a bit of an Allen Iverson effect where the end yes, of his career thank you. is yes. terrible. Exactly. But it's just for so especially in the beginning and for a good stretch of his career, he was amazing. I know he's not a winner, but there are other Hall of Famers who have not won anything. And that's that's uh, to Nikki's point. Like I completely agree. Like he's he he just com- he compares really well to Allen Iverson in a lot of ways. Like Allen Iverson was a all me or all nothing type of guy. Now, the only difference between the two of them is Allen Iverson did anything to win. Like literally yeah. fucking anything. And that guy wanted to win more than anything else and just like took a beating his entire career. But heads another guy who averaged, you know, above 26 points a game uh, was just a, a, a just next level scorer, different than Carmelo, uh, but just a next level scorer, made all-star teams every single year he was in the NBA except for like his first three seasons basically um and was just he's just phenomenal man just like you know four-time scoring champ three-time steel champ seven-time all, all nba that's the only thing that's really hurting carmelo is like he's only he I mean he's made six time uh all nba six times but like you know di- didn't do it on the on the defensive end you know that was something that, that alan iverson could do um you know has never won an mvp alan iverson did that um, and just like has never led a team anywhere. Like like we talked about Chauncey earlier. Like that team doesn't get to the conference finals without Chauncey. That is not a Melo team. That's Chauncey. Yeah. yeah, that is because of Chauncey. But the numbers the numbers speak volumes. Like Carmelo Anthony is one of the best players in the NBA during his entire tenure. He's one of the top five at his position, and that's always been my criteria. Are you a top five player at your at your position during your peak? I actually read a thing that was like uh, Carmelo Anthony's actually never been a top five player in the NBA. If you really break it down, like during any one individual season of his, uh, if well, you really I break think I think and more position so, position than 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 entire NBA. That's just fine. That's 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 valid. I guess I think the thing was like he's never been a top fifteen player. I think might have been. I can't. I'll I'll find it. I'll send it that, to you to read it. It's actually true. it's actually really interesting. Like the way that it breaks it down is actually really interesting. I would like to um, read it. So if you can send that one to me, that would be yeah. Good. 
I will send it to you. Um, I will definitely send that to both of you. So the, uh, but the consensus on Melo is he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, he's fucking. He's like won a bunch of gold medals. He won a fucking NCAA championship in college. Like he's like averaged like twenty five points a game for his NBA career. He's got enough All NBAs. Like he's made the playoffs several times. Like he's an All Star. I mean, he's gonna make the fucking Hall of Fame. I think oh. he's the most overrated piece of shit fucking player of all time. But like, <laughs> not uh, all time. Not all time. I don't know, man. I don't know. I I would argue Dwight Howard, but. Dwight Howard's also definitely making it to the Hall of Fame. Give me Chris Webber. I I also think he's going to make it. Give me Vince Carter. Vince Carter is not overrated. Vince Carter jumped over another human being, a seven-foot-tall human being, basketball in a game. Vince Carter gave up on the Raptors. Vince Carter is your daddy. (laughs) No chance. Uh, (laughs) I have one before we leave. Yes. I just want to see your guys. Sorry, Jay, that got real personal. I didn't mean that. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to say I think this guy is a yes, but I do understand it's problematic. And that is Stefan Marbury. Nope. Oh, hell no. Nope. 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 Now, I, here's, here's the thing. I, it's because it's all of basketball. True. Correct. Correct. Guy averaged like 40 points a game in China. He killed it. But also, yeah, like, like, let's not forget that he was one of the greatest of him. Well, and let's not forget that he was one of the great young players in the NBA for quite yeah. some time. Like, only he made the All-Star team twice, but, like, in his hey heyday, like, when he was in Phoenix, he was averaging, like, 21. And when he went to New Jersey, when he played for the Nets, like, he was averaging, like, 23 points a game. Like, those early seasons. Or Timberwolves. Right. The early seasons with the Timberwolves, he was really good. Even with the Knicks, he was averaging, like, now the Knicks sucked when he was there. But, like, you know, he's still putting up, like, 20, 19, 21. Like, he was not a winner, but he was an All-Star. He was All-NBA twice. They also uh, they built that giant monument to him in China, like that big wall. They right. have a they have a movie about his life, and he plays himself. <laughs> I forgot about it's that. Like, it was like a big deal. I actually think Stefan Marbury is going to make the Hall of Fame. I, and yeah, I, 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 I honestly, I said no, no chance in the beginning, like without hesitation. But I'm all in on. Uh, I mean, yo, he's 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 China's Michael Jordan. Step aside, yeah. Yami. Oh. Uh. No, I think he might. He might also, Hall of Fame and selling fourteen dollars shoes. Uh, thank you very much. The yeah. Starberries like wrecked so many kids' feet. Um, <laughs> anywho, uh, anything else we want to talk about today before we wrap up? I know we talked a little bit about Luol Deng and Tibbs. Tibbs is gonna get fired. Let's just get it. Let's just oh, get it. Uh, Dude, he's coming Does he want to? Like, we have to talk about that. Whether it's if we can talk about it next week. I want to talk about it. I I gotta say something real quick. Uh, we don't have to talk about it much, but I think. This this is my last thing, Hall of Fame wise. This person has a better chance. I'm just gonna say, it, Andrew Biden has a better chance of making it into the Hall of Fame than he does coming back to the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I completely agree with that sentiment. Have you guys ever seen that that shot chart? His, his from uh, that practice he had with the Cavaliers, where they sent him home. He literally shot the ball every time he touched it. He caught the ball at one point like 35 feet from the hoop and just turned around and pulled the trigger. And they were finally like, "That's it. Get out." Oh Lord! Oh, yeah. Uh, I, what are you doing, Andrew Bynum? Just stay away. He's bowling away. and wearing a uh, half head of cornrows. It's so he's so bad. He's so I mean, so like I watched broke, I watched the right? highlight video, huh? Like he's broke, right? Like that's he's gotta be. He's, he's gotta, gotta be broke. Yeah, he's not. He's not doing that because the hey, love. Why did he just join the big three? I'm saying, I'm saying. How much do those guys go make? to China? Go to China. How much you guys making the big three? Um, I don't know that they make a lot. I mean, I know they get paid. They definitely get paid six figures. Ice, Ice Cube was saying that, but it's not. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's six oh, figures. Okay. It's six figures. Six figures is good enough. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm if, not if you're broke, bro. If you're broke, five figures is good enough. The fuck? True. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, when you're right, you're right. What are you talking about? 
Um, all right, guys, let's plug some shit and let's get out of here. Follow me on Twitter at Tad Hall underscore. Follow me on uh, really quick for a second. I was like, I wish I was making five figures and I realized I am, but just like barely. Uh, uh, follow <laughs> me on social media at Nikki Palooza. And if you're in the Chicagoland area, uh, what's it? September 14th, 8.30 at the Second City, the Matt Theater, Lil Nicky's. September 23rd at Comedy Sports Theater. That's the house party. Uh, that's at 7 o'clock. And starting October 16th, every Tuesday, for 16 straight weeks, IO Theater, uh, The Pool. That starts at 8 p.m. I would never say this to Nikki's face, but I'm really proud of him. He's been really funny on stage, and he's doing really well for himself. But, Still got to yeah. come. I'm planning on doing the 14th or the 23rd. Not sure. Be there tomorrow. Um, follow me at J underscore Kilos on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure and follow MBA at MBA Pod on Instagram facebook and twitter and do me a favor give the podcast a review we would love to see it we want to get some more reviews on the podcast get that shit up get up in the radio you don't even have to listen just no. give it five stars and subscribe yeah, so subscribe and give us five stars and you can just keep on with your day you never have to listen to any episodes ever if this is your first one this could be your last one just give us a rating <laughs> and review and we will find you uh, in any case for tad for nikki for jay this has been nba we're out bye bye